Blog Talk Radio. a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way with new eyes. So, stay with us and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, material living, spiritual living. Before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey, founder of the Lucis Trust. Uh, Lucis Trust sponsors this show. So, Alice Bailey wrote 24 books of esoteric philosophy, and those 24 books are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you will hear on this show. The following thought is also from the works of Alice Bailey. A new chapter in the great book of spiritual living is about to be written. A new expansion of consciousness is an imminent happening. Today, tendencies toward materialism and personality achievement must be offset by a counter-move towards spiritual living. How do you really distinguish between spiritual living and material living? It's not easy. I think a lot of people think spiritual living means you pray or meditate a lot. You uh, go on retreats and uh, uh, study at the feet of spiritual teachers. and You withdraw from the world in order to be spiritual. That's really the easy part. The hard part is being spiritual while remaining in the world. It was uh, the Bible that said we should be in the world but not of it. And that really is the crux of the um, challenge, especially for Westerners. The Eastern spiritual seeker traditionally has always uh, left home and family and profession to go on retreat For example, Buddhists will quite often enter a monastery to be monks for several years at a time and then return to their lives in the outer world. And in Hinduism, there are definite stages to the unfolding of life. The householder stage, when you have a family and responsibilities, and then there is the stage of the sannyasin, who leaves the family, leaves the home, and becomes a wandering beggar. And that is seen as the period in his life when he is holy and completely spiritual. But for the Westerner, the challenge is to blend and merge the two, to be spiritual in a material world and to handle material substance intelligently and wisely and spiritually. 
Right, and that's the real challenge for the Western disciple or the Western aspirant who is, uh, would like to uh, improve his or her uh, lot in life and uh, tread that spiritual path. Uh, but it, as Sarah just said, it has to be done uh, while you're still um, involved with the material world, and it makes it so much more difficult. But uh, we are entering a, a new age, and a whole new energies are you know, flood, flooding in upon us, and uh, we have <coughs> a lot of spiritual energies that are helping us, if we uh, are sensitive to them, to uh, make the grade and to continue on this path of light in this Western society. You use the the idea of uh, energies flooding in. And building on that, there's a wonderful statement from the books of Alice Bailey that says that the light must enter vertically and be diffused or radiated horizontally. And that is, again, the analogy of light, spiritual light, pouring in, flooding in from above through meditation, spiritual study, or whatever. But it has to be radiated or diffused horizontally, she said, meaning it has to be shared with the world. And I don't think you can do that as well if you retreat from the world. It's by remaining in the world, a participant in it, uh, definitely and consciously uh, active in the world and involved in the world, struggle and participating in the human experience, but with that spiritual consciousness, with that light that has poured in vertically through spiritual aspiration, sharing it with one's family, one's workplace, one's community, that doesn't mean preaching at them. No, sharing it is the <coughs> kind of a key word because uh, working also within a material life, the material world and the material living, um, that is one of the great lessons that has to come out of this whole experience of material living is sharing, because uh, <clears throat> that is that is a sign of spirituality, just as much as all this uh, the praying and going to church every day, or uh, undergoing meditation work. It's um, also applying these inner spiritual insights that we gain to the world, to, to the material world that has a tendency to uh, separate us from one from another and to emphasize the personality side of life, the personality ambitions and the selfish little self and the garnering of uh, a lot of material things and that uh, are so characteristic of the Western world and the uh, emphasis upon uh, or the emphasis upon material things that <clears throat> really distract us from the spiritual life. It's the great challenge of life in the West and life in an affluent nation. And um, I think for affluent societies like this one, the lessons of economic sharing are much needed and uh, a real challenge. Americans tend to believe that our nation shares a great deal. What we share, for the most part, materially, is uh, money to build up defense forces, 
and military um, forces. The sharing of money and resources for the well-being of peoples is another matter. And uh, there was a conference in Cancun, Mexico a few years ago uh, organized by the United Nations that tried its best to get the affluent nations of the world to agree to share, I think it was 0.07% of the gross national product of each nation. 0.07, and they wouldn't agree to that. And the U.S. wouldn't agree to it either. I think uh, our contribution in terms of foreign aid is down around 003 something like that. I might be off. But the, the level of sharing is miserably low. And this is in a world where almost half the world's people live on $2 a day or less. And about a fifth of the population lives on a dollar a day or less. So there are lessons of material sharing that um, have every uh, that make every demand upon societies who have a great deal. And I'm not sure we understand mm-hmm. that. <coughs> right. There is a difference, I think, in there are many individuals within the country, within many yes. countries. Charitable giving. Charitable by giving, giving and, by individuals uh, is generous. <coughs> there, yes, I mean, Incredibly it's in the billions generous. of dollars that mm-hmm. uh, Americans give towards charities. As private citizens. <coughs> right. But uh, the government hasn't come around to the to the wisdom of the people yet, and that's mm-hmm. that's uh, tragic. But um, uh, that impulse of giving, which is a soul impulse, it's let's let's say what it is. It's the impulse of the soul coming through to give and to share and to reach out and to be concerned for one's fellow human being and the plight of one's fellow human being no matter where they are in the world. And many of the uh, you know, the wealthy philanthropists are doing just that. They are following that soul instinct to give and to share. Mm-hmm. And that is what we're talking about when it comes to spiritual living. There are examples, uh, wonderful examples today, of very wealthy capitalists who share... Ted Turner, uh, Bob Geldof, uh, Bono, uh, George Soros, uh, the Gates Foundation. Um, So I'm not saying that the rich have it all and they uh, are bad people, therefore. The point is, the more you have, the more you should share. And I think the problem is, in understanding what the nature of materialism is, materialism is based basically on the reality that the physical world is all there really is all that is real and that the highest objectives therefore in life lie in material well-being and if you really believe that then you are going to want to hold on as much as possible to all material resources and to garner more of them for oneself and the people one cares about and I think this has been strengthened by the advances in modern science which has made real progress on the physical plane possible. And people are healthier and better educated and live more comfortably as a result. But the thrust of the coming age, I think, will be to see the unity of the material and the spiritual realm and to see that they interact with each other and are, in fact, a whole. In other words, to get past this idea that there's a split between the material and the spiritual. And among 
so-called spiritual people to stop seeing the material as evil and the spiritual, whatever that means to them, as wholly good, but to start seeing both as one. Right, because behind even the material thrust, there is this impulse of the soul. Uh, even the, uh, the, the, the successful businessman is being driven by something. It may seem like just ambition to to garner and to, to earn as much money as he can, but also that deeper impulse is coming from a much deeper source, which is the own, his own soul, higher self, that is driving that person in, in a way that he perhaps doesn't understand yet. But behind all of these movements, there is the soul impulse. It's just what we do with that soul impulse that makes the difference, whether we turn it towards a material, material gain or whether we turn it towards the values of the soul and express those in our outer life. Yeah, it's, it's not that <clears throat> matter is bad. It's that it's been prostituted, as Alice Bailey said, prostituted to selfish ends and to separative purses. Purposes. That's what's caused the misery and the suffering and the terrible imbalance in the distribution of material wealth so that a very tiny portion of the world's people have a great deal of the wealth and masses of people have almost nothing. And this is the opportunity. We have to see it as an opportunity now that's being presented to humanity to bring about a better distribution of material well-being for spiritual purposes and I think that is happening we are seeing more and more of an awareness of the need to share we've seen philanthropies like the Gates Foundation develop in just the last few years that have taken on huge problems AIDS and um, uh, various illnesses that uh, wipe out so many people in Africa that the Gates Foundation is trying to to discover a cure for greater education. These are things that are being fostered by the right use of money. So it isn't that money is bad. It's that it has to be used for purposes that benefit as large a number as possible. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today, material living spiritual living. We have a special offer from Luce's Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Bailey book, The Soul, The Quality of Life. The Soul, The Quality of Life is a compilation of extracts from the 24 books of Alice Bailey. The soul, the higher self, or individuality is the guiding force within every human being. Through the law of rebirth or reincarnation, the soul returns to manifestation life after life for purposes of service to the plan. It's available for $16. The discount comes in the form of free shipping and handling. Just a little note saying that you heard about the offer on Inner Sight. What you need to do to take advantage of this offer is send a check or money order, $16, to Lucis Publishing, Lucis, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Ask for the book, The Soul, The Quality of Life. And once again, check or money order, $16, to 
to Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. To order books or to um, just get in touch with us for any reason, a lot of people call for a general package of information about Lucis Trust. What you need to do is give us a call on our toll-free number if you'd like uh, further information, one 866 695-8247. That's one 695 The easy way to remember it is one 866 Think of one 866 We're having an especially difficult time getting uh, these the payments for these radio shows together. They're quite challenging. And, of course, our ideal would be to just be able to do these shows uh, for you and not think about the money, but um, unfortunately it is a challenge, and uh, your donations are tax-deductible. I suppose the perfect situation for us so that we keep uh, moving on without any interruptions is to have an underwriter. Uh, There are companies that underwrite shows. Uh, Certainly this is a show that's not, uh, uh, Lucis is not a religion. Uh, We talk about spiritual development, Nurturing the Divinity Within Oneself and How to Go About That. And there are many sh- different shows that are tangential to that subject. So it's not as though you're getting involved with a religion, but uh, we would like an underwriter, if that's possible, if there's some company that would like to underwrite um, with all the uh, uh, silliness that's going on in television and various other uh, uh, forms of media. This is a show that focuses on the development, the spiritual development within the the individual and how best to expedite that and go about it in what we think is the right way. So if there's anyone out there who would like to underwrite the show, um, there are tax-deductible benefits to that. Uh, Please give us a call or write to us. Once again, the phone number is 1-866-695-8247. Or the easy way is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. That's 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. all of your donations, both large and small, can be sent to Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. We also have a uh, midnight show that um, it's every uh, uh, it's midnight uh, Sunday morning, 12 a.m. 12 to 12:30. Uh, so if you're up late on Saturday night and you decide that you want to listen to a good esoteric midnight show, you'll be able to hear Inner Sight at that time. So tune in then. We'll be happy to have you as a, a guest listening to our thoughts about spirituality. So once again, we appreciate those donations that you have sa- uh, sent, both large and small. They've, they're certainly an expression of uh, your support uh, to us. All of our Inside programs can be heard on our website at www.lucistrust.org. On the home page, you'll find a link to today's program, which will be available for hearing in a day or two. Last week's program is already available, and many of our past programs can also be heard. www.lucistrust.org. The theme of each week's program is posted in advance on our website so that you can see in advance what next Sunday's program will be. Our topic, once again, is material living, spiritual living, and uh, I've been noticing over the years, uh, I've been with Lucis Trust a long time doing these shows and uh, developing an interest in the philosophy, 
But uh, Lucis uh, Trust has a wonderful way of blending the spiritual with the material world. Um, it's done in a very interesting way. I, I think that Sarah O'Dell could best um, um, touch on what I'm talking about. Sarah, could you maybe expound on that further? Yes. Um, since the inception of the uh, Lucis Trust in 1922, I believe it was, uh, we have offered all of our uh, work, all of our services at no charge. We depend upon the voluntary contributions, large and small, of individual people who support the goals and aims of our work. The only thing we charge for is our books, which are um, published by the Lucis Publishing Company, which itself is non-profit. All uh, profit is turned into a revolving um, printing fund to keep the books in print. And the other thing that we charge for is our DVDs um, and CD productions of the books. Everything else that we do, our meetings, our training in the Arcane School, the work of our service activities of Triangles and World Goodwill, the distribution of the Great Invocation, our lending library, all of that is free of charge. And that's because we don't believe that it's icky to handle money and do spiritual work. We love money. And when we receive large amounts of money, we are incredibly happy because it means we can do that much more for the work that we love. We keep our salaries at a minimum level and we try to keep our overhead at a minimum level so that the money we have available to us can be put into the work. And that is, um, this program is one example where a large estate was given to us by someone who remembered the Lucis Trust in her will. And at just that time, we were uh, offered the opportunity to create this radio program. And it's been funded for eight years now by the generosity of that individual who put us into her will. God bless her. And we have always depended on legacies and estates in addition to the voluntary donations of individuals. But we aren't underwritten at the present time. We don't have an endowment under us. We literally depend on the contributions of people who support our work, and we think that's as it should be. Yes, I think it's, it should be. I mean, it's, it's an opportunity for people to share. Uh, uh, we talked about sharing earlier, mm -hmm. and uh, certainly this is uh, a good outlet I think it's a good outlet for um, sharing um, sharing the wealth, and certainly there is plenty of wealth in this country, and so um, <clears throat> I would just um, kind of take that into your consciousness and perhaps give it some thought. Another reason that we don't charge for our work is what price do you put on spiritual teaching? What price do you put on spiritual work like the training in meditation that we offer a uh, hundred dollars, a million dollars, what, what material value can you assign to it? So we leave it up to individuals to determine how much they want to give. Mm -hmm. it's, it comes down to an understanding of the word spiritual, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> everybody uses the word spiritual and it's the tendency has been to associate spiritual with religious matters with religious teachings or, or doctrines or some kind of religious uh, background and they see the rest of the world as not as spiritual 
But that is not so because, <clears throat> and this comes right from the uh, writings of Alice Bailey, she, she points out anything that <clears throat> urges the man on towards the goal, a goal higher than the one he has already attained, is a, a spiritual, because it has to do with the inner self, the soul that is driving this person forward towards something of a higher nature. And uh, so it is re- refers to, uh, it relates to attitudes, to relationships, to the moving from one level of consciousness uh, to another. And uh, <clears throat> it's related to power to see the vision, even if that vision is materialistic. And... Um, it refers to every effect of the evolutionary process as it drives a person from one stage of sensitivity and of responsiveness to impression to another. So it's it's very all-encompassing. And I, I think one should really understand that uh, spiritual can be taken out of the whole context of religion mm-hmm. and put into the whole world of uh, movement of the soul that is driving so much of the world uh, today. Yes, she gives the example, Alice Bailey does, of um, a person who had been a kind of a near-do-well, irresponsible, and um, uh, certainly not religious, and um, uh, irresponsible and self-indulgent, turning his life around enough to become a responsible family man and uh, perhaps uh, someone who owns a business. For that individual, that's a tremendous step forward in consciousness. That's an example of spiritual evolution. It doesn't just mean dedicating one's life to God. For some people, that would be their next step in consciousness. But everyone's at a different stage. And when they are able to move forward in recognition of responsibility, they are taking a spiritual step. Yes, it simply means it relates to an expansion of consciousness, no mm-hmm. matter whether it's in a material sense or in the uh, soul sense. It has to do with consciousness. Alice Bailey called in her writings for the rebuilding of the shrine of man's living. The rebuilding of the shrine of man's living. She said that was what the next step for humanity should be, the reconstructing of the outer form of humanity's life and the building of the new civilization on sounder foundations and the reorganization of all the structures of world thought, world politics, the distribution of the world's resources in conformity with divine will as far as we can understand it. This was where our focus should be, she said. This is the rebuilding of the outer world, the material world, doing so along spiritual lines in accordance with what humanity grasps as spiritual values is terribly significant and necessary. An example, I think, of that work being done in the world is that of Rabbi Michael Lerner, who founded Tikkun Olam, and he publishes the magazine Tikkun, because Tikkun literally means to mend, repair, and transform the world. That's where our consciousness must be at this time, and that's the merging of material and spiritual. 
Please take advantage of the special offer from Lucis Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Bailey book, The Soul, The Quality of Life, and uh, the essence of today's show emanates from that particular Alice Bailey book. It's available for $16. So what you need to do is send a check or money order, $16, to Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's Lucis, L-U-C-I-S. Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. If your A.C. is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your A.C. unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto 